Welcome to the Crossroads Community Church Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Well, you guys, welcome to day 21. Will you guys give God a big hand, a thank you? He is worthy. I wish I could tell you every single thing that has been going on over the last 21 days, but it's been amazing. But I just want to hit one more thing that I think is to, to, to finish well. You know, a lot of us have been reading this book, Whisper, by Mark Batterson during 21 Days of Prayer. And, and if you're like, oh, man, I, I didn't know that was an option, don't worry. We've got all these out at guest services. If you'd like this book, they've already been taken care of by the generosity of the people that you're sitting around. They would love to donate that to you for you to get into that. It's an amazing book. But the premise is very simple, and i just like to kind of hit it to get us an idea of where we're going. But, but the whole premise is around this one doctor, Dr. Alfred uh, Tomatis, and he came up with this one concept. And the concept is very simple, that you cannot vocalize anything that you've not already heard. It came from an aspect that was going on where they had this opera singer who was hitting these high-pitched notes, and he was trying to figure out why all of a sudden he couldn't hit certain notes. And what they had found out is this opera singer had become deaf because he was singing so loud that he had lost the ability to hear. And so as you can see on the screen, this Tomas effect is the aspect that you cannot produce something vocally that you can't hear. And the spiritual ramifications of that is huge. And that's where I want us to go today here in just a minute. Because the reality is, is that we all talk about praying, all right? 21 days of prayer. But there is something greater than talking to God. It's listening to him. To be able to hear his voice. To be able to have him speak to us through these various avenues, whether it be through his scripture, whether it be through other believers, whether it be. Now, Mickey, have you ever heard the audible voice of God? I have not. But I have had times in my life that the spirit spoke loudly in my life that I knew it was God speaking to me. One was at a place called Victory Valley in Memphis, Tennessee, where I changed my path from being physical therapy and sports and medicine and doing an internship to accepting a calling into full-time ministry. And another was when God put it on my heart to plant and launch Crossroads Community Church. So how do we handle that? How do we handle the ability that we can hear God's voice? Because the reality is, here's the X factor. Are you ready? If you can't hear God's voice, then I would tell you your life probably can't produce God's will. You can pray to God. And you can get into his word. But if you can't recognize God's voice and respond to that, then you're probably going to find yourself on a regular basis having a life that just seems to just fall a little bit shorter than what your expectations may be. Well, today I want to address that. In fact, I will show you the spiritual ramifications. There's an actual painting. It's called The Light of the World. It's an amazing painting. It's an older painting. You're going to see it on the screen but this painting is based out of Revelations chapter 3, verse 20. And I will read that to you guys. You've heard it. It's a familiar verse. And it simply says this. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he also with me. See, the aspect that's going on in this painting that you see up here on the screen is the aspect of Jesus knocking and waiting for a response. And I want you to know that if you can't hear God's voice, how do you ever expect to respond to it? 
If you can't hear what God wants in your life, then how are you ever supposed to have direction in where you're supposed to go? In today's technology, I had the ability to go on a trip. I am 46 years old, going on 88. Okay? I am that guy that has this phone that's speaking to me that says, turn left. And I'm like, sweet, I'm turning left. And it says, turn left. And I'm like, okay, I'm turning left. And when it tells me the third time to turn left, I'm going, okay, I just went in a circle. And so because of that, I have a hard time trusting my man, Siri, or for me, my girl, Siri, because I got the female voice. So I don't want some man telling me what to do. So I, I can listen to a lady. I'm like, okay, yeah. And I follow directions. But because sometimes in listening to that phone, that phone doesn't know where it's going. And so I found myself holding my phone. Now, that's just please for you cops in the room. Just don't worry about me if you ever see me driving. But I'll find myself holding, and it's like in one mile, turn right. I'm going, well, how, how far is a mile? Like, how am I supposed to know what a mile is? You know, I joked around about this last week. It would be better if they said, hey, at the KFC, turn right. Okay, I know where the KFC is. But I'll find myself looking at the phone to look at the streets and go, okay, it's three more streets. Okay, it's two more streets. Okay, it's the next street. Why? Because there's been so many times in my life that I was following the directions. I was listening to Siri on the phone, and it went like this. In one mile, turn right. And I'm like, doodly do Okay, one mile. This is sweet. Turn right now. I was like, what happened to the warning? Like, give me a little bit of heads up. Listen to me. That's funny when it comes to directions and phones and the pastor. But I think for a lot of you, you're very gun shy when it comes to your spiritual life. Because that's how you feel like God's worked in your life. You feel like that you've been going along in life. And all of a sudden, God goes, turn around now. And you're like, what do I do here? And you're trying, like you're left swimming. Listen to me. That's not God trying to abruptly get you to move. What that is, is you not listening to him the whole time before you got to the point of turning around. So today, I want us to dive into God's word and think a little bit more about this tumultuous effect and how does that affect our spiritual life. In fact, Dr. Alfred Tumultuous, actually when he came up with this, this effect, that is in the audiology world. Like they talk about this on a regular basis. People will tell you, you physically cannot produce vocally something that you cannot hear. So for all you people like me, if you think my voice sounds rough right now talking, you should sit over here and hear me sing. And my issue is, it's not that I don't have great vocals. I just don't ever hear any of you guys singing great vocals. And because I don't hear it, I can't produce it. So it's not on me, right? Pastor Sam, I'm just kidding. You guys do great up here. Pastor Sam's like, that, that, that's a pot shot. No, it's not. I'm kidding. But sometimes we can't produce in our life something because we've never heard it. Can I read for you an amazing, amazing, amazing miracle that I stumbled across that's in Mark chapter 7, starting in verse 32. And let me tell you what's going on. Jesus is around the Sea of Galilee. A lot of people don't realize this, but you hear this journey that Jesus is on and all the things that he's been doing. But the reality is, is that Jesus, in his three-year amazing ministry, he never left more than a 200-mile block radius. And a lot of it was around this Sea of Galilee. And that's where he's at. And listen to what takes place. And they, being Jesus and his disciples, were there. And some people, they, brought to him a man who was deaf and had a speech impediment. And they begged him to lay his hand on him. Now, I want you to catch what's going on. Here's a man who is deaf. So what that's accompanied by? A speech impediment. Why? 
Because if you can't hear it, guess what you can't do? You can't produce it. If you've ever talked to somebody that has deafness or that has struggled with being deaf, you will see they usually have a very thick tongue and they have a hard time especially producing what they call the dental sounds, the T's. You know, the things that you're pushing on the tip of your, t- the tip of your teeth and you're making these different sounds that are called dental sounds. The D's, the T's, S's. Because they can't hear it. And because they can't hear it, they don't know how to make themselves produce it. Again, Dr. Tomatis figured that out in an earthly realm, but the reality is, is he used a spiritual ramification for it, and he used this actual parable. So again, let's get back to God's word. They brought to him a deaf person who had a speech impediment. In other words, because he couldn't hear it, he couldn't produce it, and they asked him to lay hands on him. Look at verse 33. And taking him aside from the crowd privately. Can I pause for a minute? This is not in my notes, but I want you to know something. If you think that God is after you to make you a public example, that's never how he's ever worked. And if you've been in a church that you've been made a public example because of your background, on behalf of all the churches, can I apologize? I want you to know that sin is very real. And struggles are extremely real. And shame is real. And all the things that you deal with, you don't know me as well as you probably think you do. But believe it or not, standing up on this stage is a guy that really struggles with a lot of inferiorities and not feeling good enough to do what I'm called to do because of the things I dealt with when I was growing up. And just to get up in front of people and do the things and, and struggle through reading. and struggle. I never learned to read phonically. And so when you say, well, just sound it out, I don't even know what that means. I read everything by sight. I have no idea what diphthongs and different syllables. I just read it. I never, I struggled with that. And so I have this issue of inferiority not going, okay, just sound that out. Okay, you know, no, I can't do that. You know what I'm saying? And because of that, if I'm not careful, I will focus more on my inferiorities and struggles, more on the reality of who God's called me to be. And I want you to know, God's not out trying to push you into the public with inferiorities. What he's trying to do is he says, my grace is sufficient for you. That where you are weak, I shall make you strong. And what happens is, is then he takes you to a private place. And he deals with you privately. And then you get to a point where you start understanding your circumstances don't have to define you, but you can define your circumstances through Christ Jesus. Because scripture says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And the next thing you know, you find yourself from being in a closet with Jesus who helps you deal with inferiorities to stepping out in public and loving God and loving people well, doing things that you go, wow, I didn't know I could ever do this. But don't think that God's calling you to publicly shame yourself. That's what he's talking about here. He took this deaf mute, and he wasn't going to make an example out of him in front of everybody. I can just imagine Jesus. This is the Mickey Clark translation, okay? This isn't in God's word. This is Mickey's translation. I've translated about, I don't know, five verses of the Bible. This is one of them. I can see him saying, okay, guys, I hear you. And he grabs this guy by the hand because he can't hear, and he just guides him over to the private, and he's going to deal with him privately. I think today God's got you in a seat with a lot of people. But if you'll let him right now, he's reaching out and grabbing your hand in that seat. 
And he wants to deal with you privately today. So what does he do? Listen to what he does. I, I love this miracle. So he lays his hands on him, or they beg him to lay his hand on him. He takes him aside from the crowd privately. He puts his fingers into his ears, and after spitting, touched his tongue. Now, I worked with students for 25 years. So you got, I, I got to apologize, but my mind goes places that it shouldn't. Because I'm thinking, number one, so did Jesus just now invent the wet willy? Like, is that what this is? I'm sorry. That has nothing to do with the message. That just, again, I, I got issues. Just pray for your pastor. But that sounds a whole lot like he just gave that boy a wet willy. But anyway, sorry. Lord, forgive me. I'm, that's terrible. So he turns around and he, he sticks his fingers into his ears and after spitting, touched his tongue. And looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephala. That's Aramaic. And that is, be open. So Jesus literally pulls this guy to the side. And he speaks Arabic to him. This Aramaic, which is, is this aspect of that culture in this, this area. He didn't speak Jewish. You know, he, he didn't speak it. He speak this aspect of, of Aramaic. And he uses this one word that literally is just telling this man who's deaf. And cannot speak. And the first words, catch this. The first words he ever heard was be open. Can I tell you something? If you can't get to a state of being open to what God wants to do in your life, you're never going to experience more. Like literally everything that God wants for you starts with you opening up. I don't understand this principle. I don't understand. I understand the sovereignty of God. I understand that he's almighty and he's all present and he's all powerful. I don't understand how he is completely in control, but yet gives us the ability to choose. And even though we have an ability to choose, he never relinquishes his control. You say, Mickey, how do you explain that? I, I, I don't. I don't. I'd like, that's what makes him God, right? What makes him God is that he can always be in control, but yet give you a choice. And you know what the first choice, the first word, what he wants you to hear today are you open? If you cannot open up your mind, open up your heart, open up your senses to allow God to speak to you, then if you've never heard him, you can never respond in your life to him. It starts with this exact miracle where he says, be open. And then listen to what happens. Immediately, listen to this process. It actually gives us a process. This is where Dr. Alfred came across the Tomatese effect. Watch what happens. It's amazing. And his ears were open. His tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. 
There is a process to this life that we call the Christian life. Most of us want to speak about godly things. We want to have a life that speaks about godly things. The problem is, is we want to listen to our worldly advice. And watch this, how this works. The tumultuous effect spiritually that he uses this scripture is just as real for you as it is for me. If you're listening to worldly things, you're going to speak about worldly things, and your life is going to represent worldly things. Why? Because your life can't produce something that you've never heard. But if you will open yourself up, and you will allow God to speak through his word, God to speak through various things, through your prayer life, and through listening, the way Batterson puts it is through his whispers. A lot of times, God speaks through a whisper. Why? Because he wants you to draw close where there's intimacy. And he can talk to you. And you can listen. And if we can hear God's voice, then we can speak about godly things. And our life can produce godliness. See, I think a lot of people, when we talk about the fruit hanging on the tree, you know, Scripture talks about you shall know them by their fruits. And a lot of times I don't worry about everybody's different things, what they talk about. I'm more looking at their actions and what their life represents. And I think sometimes what their life represents is very simply they're listening to the wrong things. In fact, if we were to think about some of your choices, boy, it's amazing how awkward things can get in a hurry when you start listening to the wrong people, isn't it? Like you can be going along and things are great. And one piece of really poor advice, and next thing you know, it's like everything has changed. Why? Because your life can't produce what you don't hear. And so he has this process, and listen to how he finishes this parable. He turns around and he says, and his ears were open. This was verse 35. His tongue was released. He starts speaking, and he spoke plainly. And Jesus charged them to tell no one. But the more he charged them, he's talking to the disciples, the more zealous they proclaimed it. And they were astonished beyond measure, saying, he has done all things well. He even makes the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. You may tell you what's really cool is the spiritual aspect of this Thomas T. effect, when you start listening to God and it starts producing godly attributes in your life and you start living a godly life, now don't mishear me, you're still gonna have struggles. I don't want you, I, I'm never gonna be that pastor that stands up and says, man, if you'll just accept Jesus, everything's gonna be great. Like tomorrow, like all the bills, all the people call you and say, hey, this month, I know you just accepted Jesus. Don't pay your bills. Because you love Jesus, your mortgage is free. I've not found that place yet. If you find that place, will you please call me? But you know what I found out? When I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior and I made him Lord of my life, you know what? I still had all these earthly obligations. But all of a sudden, what was motivating me was not earthly desires, but it was heavenly desires. And it wasn't about a certain house or a certain vehicle or a certain thing that I thought I was going to get this sense of accomplishment from. I started realizing the things that I wanted in my life were things that this world couldn't really offer me. 
See, I started listening to the Lord and getting into his word, and I started saying, wow, now, now that's what I want. God, I want those things. I want those godly attributes in my life more than I want these earthly, temporary things. I, I want to have these things in my life. I want to produce these things. I want to speak on these things. I want to dwell on these things. Lord, I want my life to represent those things. God, I, I want to love you and love people more than I want to have stuff that can burn up. Like when it's all said and done, I don't want people to talk about me based on something that I had when I was in this earth. I want them to talk about me because their life being different because I loved them well and you loved them well and we loved each other well. Like I don't know how you are, but I'll tell you a little bit confessions of the not so rich and not so famous. I absolutely am enthralled and love people. You say, well, Mickey, you probably hadn't been hurt by people then. And you've probably never been a pastor. <laughs> because if you've ever been a pastor, you'd realize people are people. You'll be surprised how quickly people will become people. And you know what's ironic? And sometimes people forget that the pastor's human too. And they go, well, pastor, I saw you driving the other day. And I'm like, well, forgive me. You gave me a gesture. I was telling you you was number one. <laughs> it's in translation. It got lost in translation. My pointer finger is jammed. And so I just, I'm joking. I, I did not do that. If I did, it was probably my wife in my vehicle. <laughs> it's going to be a long day at the clock house. <laughs> But listen to me. This spiritual tonal piece is a really big deal, guys. Like this message is short. I don't have this real huge elongated, like, oh my goodness, you know, we're going to dive into God's word. Listen to me. Hearing God's voice is everything. But you know what's greater than hearing God's voice? the way you respond to it. 21 days ago, we started with one scripture. It was 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 9. And I told you to pray this prayer. It was the greatest words in the Old Testament. And it's where he said, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. I want you to know that in the last 21 days, I believe that God has spoke very plainly. The question is, how are you gonna respond? In fact, can I go back to that painting? There's something that's really, really unique about the painting. If you were to examine this painting of Jesus Christ knocking on the door, there's one thing that you're going to notice about this door. There's not a handle on the outside. See, though Jesus knocks, he never opens. Like when he spoke to the deaf mute and said, open up, you know what he's saying? There's a response that has to take place from the inside. You see, Mickey, I don't know what Jesus wants in my life. Listen to me. He wants you to have life and to have life more abundantly. Well, why don't I feel like that sometimes? Because you've left him on the outside. 
Well, he's God. Why don't he just open the door? Because he wants you to open the door. He speaks so that you can listen. And then he waits on you to respond. You say, well, that doesn't sound really like a big God to me. I mean, if I was God, I'd just, boom, I'd come in there. Well, that's why you're not God. Because we would call that a robot. In other words, you don't have control. That means God's in charge of every single thing, and you don't really have a choice in the matter. In fact, I don't know of a love relationship that I have that I don't want the person that I love to have the choice to love me back or not. I don't want people to love me because I make them love me. I don't want people to respond to my love because I made them respond to my love. I want people to love me back because they chose to open up and say, you know what? I love you too. So you know what's going on today? I think for a lot of you, God's knocking. And if you were to be honest, He's been knocking for a while. And you've come up with so many different reasons of why not to open. Well, I don't know what people will think. Well, most people think I'm already have a relationship. I mean, I just, you know, like I, I'm, I'm faking it real good. Like nobody knows. But you know. And I want to ask you. How are you going to respond to God's voice? Here in just a minute, you're fixing to see a, well, quite a few, to be honest with you. People are going to enter this water in baptism. And you know what they're saying? They're saying, I heard God's knock, and I opened the door. And the reality is there's some of you that showed up today. And right now, don't listen to me. I want you to listen to the Spirit in you. And you know right now that you need to respond. Can I tell you why? Can I tell you why this is such a big deal? Because Scripture is very clear that there's coming a moment where you're going to reject God and you're not going to hear a knock anymore. I can't guarantee you that he's been knocking for several years, several weeks, or several minutes. I can't guarantee you that he's going to keep waiting. You say, well, Mickey, I don't know. God's a loving God. I mean, I mean, I, I, you know, Scripture says he's going to pursue me. It's like the 99 and 1. You know, he'll leave the 99 to go get the 1. I'm not God. I don't understand how his sovereignty works completely. I know that he gives everybody, that he died on the cross so that everybody could have life. And he is speaking into you. But there's going to come a moment that if you keep rejecting him, that because of your choices, you're going to have consequences. 
I'm not one of these pastors that's going to get up here and say, well, you know, what happens if you'd gone to lunch and got hit by a truck? Well, that'd, that'd be terrible. I don't know anything. I'm not here to scare you to death. But I will be very honest with you. There's one thing that everybody in this room has in common. You're going to die. Thank you. Enjoy lunch. And I promise, once death has come to your door, Jesus is no longer there. Either Jesus is on the inside, and he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. Come on in, for all of this is yours. Or you're going to go to eternal place of damnation that we call hell. I know we don't like to use that word in 2021. Oh, my gosh. Are we gonna talk? Yeah, it's a real place. You can't have heaven and believe heaven's real and not believe that hell's real. They are both real places. And I promise you, if you were to pass on and don't have a relationship with Jesus, I promise you there's coming a day that you're going to go, Wow, that Jesus is the King of kings and lords and lords. I wish I would have opened the door. And you're going to have eternity to regret not making that decision. Or today. You follow. You can open up. If you're encouraged by today's podcast and would like to hear more messages, visit us at crossroadscommunitychurch.com.